right, what up, everybody? Welcome to episode 50 wow. of the Kings and Priests podcast. We're kind of like pro podcasters now. I Dan. guess. It just it has gone fast. You know, they say most podcast episodes don't make it past uh, – shows make it past seven episodes. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, we're and in the top 1% then. And then, if it, yeah, and then if your show gets an average of 100 downloads or more – per episode you're in the top seven percent or seven or five percent of all podcasts in the world wow so we're we're five percenters or seven where's either seven or five percenters we're like (laughs) semi semi pro podcasters well Um, we have a a loyal uh, niche audience that uh kind of loves what we do so yeah and this episode is presented by dwell uh the folks at dwell in our show notes right now you can link to a, if you are a pastor, church leader, or business owner, um, we've got a link for you in our show notes that will give you a free account for one year at Dwell. So if you want to listen to scripture, there's kids' scriptures in there, there's stuff for anxiety, anger, motivation, there's just straight up listening to the Bible. Click that link in our bio and uh, get you a free account because it's I've been using Dwell. The folks I at Dwell it. are amazing. Um, okay, so. You are, well, I want to talk about this app I've been playing with. So we often talk about the market just in our general Mm -hmm. amateur, not investment advice, but having some fun with it kind of of way. Mm -hmm. And through you and Barn, actually, uh, I found this app called Autopilot. And um, formerly known as Iris. Formerly known as Iris. Great story, by the way. That's exactly what I was about to say. So maybe just share what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little bit about what their story is, and mm-hmm. then we can kind of share with people. Uh, to me, it's actually a really fun, safe way yep. to kind of like play around in the market with some extra money it is kind of the way I think about it. Yeah, totally. It's And they're not like, paying us to do this. I literally just got no. on it and asked yeah. you, hey, can we talk about this today? So, yeah. Look, if you're, an, if you're an investor, as you all should be, you should be like investing in multiple streams of income opportunities you know, side hustles, real estate, the markets, um, you know, your job, like, you know, four rivers flowing into the Garden of Eden and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. And so, you know, you probably a lot of people got Robin Hood accounts or Weeball or whatever. And um, yeah, it's like, it started as like a social network for investors. Okay. And you basically, you put like what you were buying mm-hmm. and then they started linking to like your actual, you know, accounts, right? Mm-hmm. You're, Fidelity or Robinhood or so on. And so, and then the pandemic kind of slapped them around a little bit. I know the founders, really good guys. Um, and then they it's they pivoted into this, what I think, and this all started, remember, like um, uh, Nan- Nancy Pelosi's trades, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of like, I should just buy what Nancy Pelosi does because you know, somehow Nancy's yeah. portfolio has gone yeah. up like gazillion percent over 20 yeah. years, mm-hmm. um, along with many other members of Congress, I believe. Yeah. And so um, it started out. So genius idea. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they tap into because of the, uh, all these hedge funds and these, you know, investors are, are have to disclose because they're taking money from investors and they have to disclose what they're buying mm-hmm. and selling. And so basically they've worked out a way for you to mirror. So Citadel, which is like this massive hedge fund, mm-hmm. it's over the period of, you know, 20 or 30 years, it's beaten the market by far. I just put 
I don't have a lot of money in my Robinhood account. Mm-hmm. I have, like, I, I heard this guy tell me once, there's uh, investing to get rich and there's investing to stay rich. Yeah. <laughs> They're two different things, right? Um, so my my investing <laughs> to stay, like to keep my money is in a- Is not in your Robinhood account. Robin yeah. Hood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I do have, you know, some money in Robinhood. I put it all in on Citadel. Citadel. And mm-hmm. I was just looking, um, this was like a month ago, and I literally, I'm going to check here because they're only, you know, the, it just came out of beta. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty new. But um, in the last, I'm up 43% in the last month. Yeah. Right. Well, it's it's so, so cool because all you do is you connect your app to uh, your brokerage. Yep. You then within the app, just say, I want to put $500 right. into, and there's Warren Buffett, there's Citadel, yep. there's Bill Ackman, there's an ETF that follows all the politicians trades, right? Like yep. there's a, uh, I'm trying to remember um, Michael Burry, which is yep. hilarious, you know? So you literally just go and you tell the app, I want 500 bucks, yep. 1,000 bucks, 200 bucks, whatever. Yep. And then it connects to your account and automatically does the trades for you. But what's so cool is if you use an app that allows for uh, fractional shares, it actually gives you the exact same allocation yep. Yep. to scale, which is yep. like so cool. So like I was looking and I was like, oh, wow, I own... I forget which one this is under. I literally own uh, like a quarter of a percent of Tesla because I think Citadel has a little, so, or whatever the thing was, it's like, that's cool. And you just kind of yep. get to see it. So if you are into that stuff, check it out. It's a, yeah. it's a cool app. Autopilot on the app store. Go get it. Yes. Um, okay. So did you, have you watched full swing yet? It's kind of not. unfair. It came out yesterday. <laughs> I know I was, uh, I was it's something I'm not sure my wife is going to be into. She might mm-hmm. be actually. She's kind of into that stuff. But anyway, yes, I am. I have not watched it, but I cannot wait. But I bet you you started binging already. I did. Yeah. So I uh, started the first episode last night, and I I watched the whole first episode, which is all about uh, Justin Thomas J- J- and, and, uh, uh, and and uh, Jordan? Uh, yeah and Jordan Spieth. Um, with some Rory in there and, um, and some, uh, all all kinds of people, but yeah, the main storyline is them too. Yeah. And, uh, man, after the first episode, I was like, I have to turn this off because I'm going to watch this (laughs) all night. Did they load them all up or they're just releasing it? Yeah. They're, they're all loaded up. Oh, they're all there. So you can binge the whole thing. I know. I know. (laughs) But it's, it's like, it's access like, and I've watched a lot of golf content, especially over the last few years as I've really gotten into it. And this is definitely the most access that anyone I think has ever had. During the live, the live blow up last year. I mean, it couldn't get any. And they're, they are teasing a lot of that in the first episode. So it's like, it's cool. Like, like, well, and their DJs in the show. And so it's going to be, I'm super interested to see. (laughs) Uh, So, but that production company's genius because they've now done formula one show. Yep. Tennis. And, and they've done tennis and -hmm. now they're doing golf. And apparently each time they've come out with these shows, the interest for these sports right. that are normally a bit more niche are right. like really growing. So it's pretty cool to just kind of see a different perspective into a sport, you know? You know what else is cool? Like, you know, think about what Fox and CBS have to do to buy the rights to show and mm-hmm. a sport on television. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, didn't Fox, aren't they giving Brady like, Ridiculous. They offered like him hundreds of millions, thirty million a year, or something crazy like I thought that. It was more. I thought it was literally maybe like ridiculous. Maybe. maybe look look that up. Brady's contract on Fox, I think it starts in twenty twenty four. Netflix have not spent a dime, and these shows mm-hmm. they 
costs nothing to make, right? And you're literally they're getting into the sport business mm-hmm. by doing behind the scenes shows, and it's like incredible. What it's like the F one is in its third season now, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. genius. Net, it's so Netflix genius, move, right? They're in sport, but they didn't have to buy all the rights to do the sport. Yep. Well, and I, it's probably just a matter of time before they're making a play to be in that in some form or fashion. I mean, I just read Apple is now the uh, exclusive distributor of MLS live live MLS games, except for local, right. you know, like yep. local, which yep. is pretty cool. Okay, so yeah, Brady, three hundred seventy five million over ten years, so thirty seven and a half million a year is Insane. the rumored amount. So just to have him, you know, just commentate. to have him, and then like all the rights they got to, you know, like to. So it's just I don't know. These shows, I'd be shocked if they cost more than a million to make. Each. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, exactly. They can't cost more than that. Yeah, because I mean, in they're production. on there. They're on with the guys on their private jets with a camera yeah. and yeah. in their cars. It's, it's, it's a documentary, exactly. Yeah. And which is, you remember reality? Reality TV started when the writers went on strike in Hollywood, like twenty mm-hmm. something years ago. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What are we going to have? We need content." <laughs> so they just started filming people lost on islands and yes. all that mess. Yeah, and it's like cheap to make, and yep. it gets eyeballs, and it's awesome. Yeah. 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 So uh, anyways, yeah. If if you're into golf, check that out. Okay. So let's, um, I want to spend the majority of this episode talking about, so recently uh, this group came together of, you know, creatives and investors and sort of really smart people who have been around for a long time, allocating money towards Christianity, you know, in America. And they started this campaign called He Gets Us. Uh, rumored $150 million spent on this that they poured into commercials, a couple of those at the Super Bowl, uh, social, YouTube, uh, Times, they, I mean, they did a Times Square takeover in all right. of their digital billboards. So they are, um, man, he they're, gets they're, they're spending a lot. It's called He Gets Us. Um, so not, to, and I know, I know there's been like a lot of fodder online about the money and how much and what they could have done differently and is the theology around it, right? Like, I don't want to critique yeah. this um I, I the greens who you know you and i both know brent brent's a mm-hmm. good friend um, i know some of the other people behind this too yeah it's all um, great it's right? all great people i know yep. the greens alone have probably spent close to a billion dollars in buying buildings for churches so yep. all these people and are feeding hundred people and feeding hundred people not for the poor and exactly like 150 million is all relative right? exactly exactly when you're when you're talking about high net worth individuals that you know let's say you know, someone threw in 20, someone threw in 10, someone threw in five, someone threw in 50, right? Mm-hmm. To these people, 150 million is like, it's just, it's relative to them. Yeah. And the, they all have a heart for Jesus. Yeah. They're all very devout in their faith. You're not going to mm-hmm. go and put millions of dollars to basically introduce Jesus to society. Yep. You know, using these means if you're not, you know, a devout believer, like, it's like, oh yeah, here's 20 million. Go and do that. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, like if you're, if you're shaming this, or if you think this money could have been used in better places, I would just say, you know, 150 million to these guys is, is not a lot of money. Right. Uh, and that you don't know what else they're giving to, to do some of the things that you're saying, oh, well, this could be used to help the poor, feed the poor. It's like, they're yep. already doing that with millions. Yeah, this is above and beyond a, a yeah. lot of what they've already, yeah. right. And that's oh. the interesting thing. And like, I can, you know, I know there's been talk about the theology around it or some of the messaging or whether I mean, or not it's effective. And I think those things can be debated, but I also, um, 
I also know that I don't have 150 million to pour into this. And so, so it's hard for me to, you know, look, critique it t- too hard, so to speak. Um, look, yeah, I think, I, you know, I, I, I saw the Super Bowl commercial. I, I went to their website. I watched a couple of other videos. They're extremely well done, well produced, mm-hmm. and they make you think. And they're trying to reach the unreached unreach they're not right. trying to teach christians theology mm-hmm. you know we have a podcast on vast for that you know which i believe they theology. are going to yeah which i believe they are going to break down some of the theological claims in a charitable way that that campaign yeah. well that's, that's just not their focus their focus no. is to get people thinking about jesus Correct. is that a bad thing no that's a great thing right and so and in everything that's going on in our society right now like we need like people turning to Jesus. It's the only right. hope for the crazy world. I was right. listening to, you know, Jake and Dave talk about the Sam Smith thing. Mm-hmm. And David actually touched on this because as I was like listening, like I was thinking like, what, what do I think about all this? Like, what, what is my thing? And, you know, why does the guy dress up as the devil and have these kind of demons worshiping in a cage? And like, you know, I don't know if it's really art or, or his beliefs driving it. It's money. Yeah, right. Right. And David yeah. said it, but I, I actually think that's like, I don't know. You don't know what's in a person's heart, but mm-hmm. most of popular culture and certainly creative, you mm-hmm. know, kind of mm-hmm. content in popular culture is to make money. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if it, a rap it, song is dropping F bombs about whatever it's to make money. It's, it's not like some high horse that they're Well, that's to exactly. I mean, you don't have to spend more than dip your toes into the advertising industry or the media industry or the entertainment industry to know mm-hmm. Sam Smith's not going like, hmm, what what internal thematic message am I trying to get out? Right. Him and his team are going, what's going to get us a billion impressions right. the week exactly. after? What What is going to get every single outlet in the country to write about this in the exactly. four days after it, you know? And it, it's you know, Madonna, like go back as far as you want. It's been going on for, you know, now you could argue that this, the evil side of what comes out of popular culture is as overt, I think, as we've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I agree with, you know, Jake and David, I think it's good. I think when the devil exposes himself, right. To the point where it's like, it's just overt in the community and look, all this stuff happening around sexuality. And I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're digressing out of our business centric kind of, conversation here but um so like if hollywood can spend that kind of money on debauchery and demonic content Mm -hmm. why can't the kingdom people go and spend money on you know presenting jesus in in such a way that Mm -hmm. i I thought it was everything i saw was biblical right that's not yeah and and the audience is not theologians or christians who think they know so much about you know trying to pick little theological holes Right. Um, it's to reach the unreach. So, yep. you know, yep. it did, awesome. it did make me think, right. Because it's so like my initial response to it was, well, it's not my taste. So I'm not going to like it anyway, just from like a, I'm a, I, that's just, I, I, I'm that guy that's like, oh, I, not like I could do it better, but this is what I would have done. Right. And it was funny. I saw a comment where someone was kind of complaining about it and someone just wrote, it's their money. They can do whatever they want. Right. And I was like, that's actually probably the most simplistic response to this whole thing. Right. Uh, they have the money. I don't. Uh, so <laughs> maybe like, but it did make me think, okay, if I, if I 
had 150 million, mm-hmm. or if I had a million or five million to donate to a campaign to 150, like if I, like like what would I what would I do with it? So I started thinking about it, and what I found was most of it is interest driven and also personal experience driven. So right. like the first two things I thought was I would want to find ten pastors in ten urban environments who are building strong churches that need capital to help them right. keep going and to yeah. help their staff and to help buy building. Well, that's my, that's what I do. <laughs> like I, yeah. we pastor in LA, right? So of right. course that's what I, I think, but I started right. thinking, okay, maybe that's it. And then I thought, well, okay, I would want to, I want to raise a fund and I would want to basically go right. and invest, you know, $10 million into 20 different companies or 30 yeah. different companies that are either serving churches or just Christians building businesses. And like, I could started mm-hmm. to think about all that stuff. But yeah. one of the main things I did think was, what if you did, what if you, if, if you obviously poured a lot of this money into church planning was one of my big, thoughts now i know it's a different strategy what would you do let's say you had access Uh, to 150 million yep and i would do two things mm -hmm. i would invest in buildings for churches Mm -hmm. because a building automatically gives that church a better shot at reaching its local community Mm -hmm. and growing and i would um invest in christian entrepreneurs who are kingdom like not necessarily serving the church like just people who are believers who are building businesses could be a plumbing business, could be a software business. I don't care. I'm mm-hmm. more rich Christians because, and, and that have a revelation of generosity. And like, I want to increase Christian giving from 135 billion to 500 billion. Mm-hmm. And the only way you do that is A, you get people with a revelation of generosity, which is God's way of um, taming that, you know, that the love of money is being the, the root of all kinds of evil. So he makes you give it away. Like he asks you to give away your money. That's what kills that. Mm-hmm. And then once you get that revelation, then you need to work out how you're going to increase the ability for you to get wealth. And it's mm-hmm. usually wrapped around some kind of business. Mm-hmm. So that'd be my two things. Yeah. And yeah. and like just, you know, on a very smaller scale, that's what I do. Yeah, right. Right. So th- right. I'm living that. Yeah, it, not, exactly. not in the 150 million realm. Um, maybe one day I'd, yep. I'd love to. Yep. Um, but in that's where I put you know, that's what we give. That's what we give to. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that about sort of the churches and buildings and, um, and Christian entrepreneurs. I have a friend, his name's Adam Mesa, who, uh, he'll be on the, we'll need to have him come on the podcast. He's an amazing guy. Mm -hmm. Um, he is about to take over his dad's church, 40 year old church in Riverside, uh, Inland Empire, Rancho Cucamonga. Um, I think they own, Adam, don't kill me if I'm saying the wrong thing here, but I think it's like almost 70 million in real estate. Um, they have bought, they've got a uh, preschool through 12th grade. They, I mean, they, it's like a full on institution in the Inland Empire, right. a massive church, 12,000 people. Um, it. it's about to go from one generation to the next and, and they have allocated. So it's, it's pretty cool. Like they have allocated a, a very small portion of their church budget of their in investing, you know, what they're doing with their cash to invest in, uh, Christian startups and faith-based startups. So they're literally having a tiny little venture fund out of their church that he says, you know what? We went in front of the church, the board approved it. But our thought is, is Mm -hmm. like, man, this is taking care of future generations potentially. Um, To me, that's like just such a cool way of thinking. I love hearing about pastor and he's a business guy and a a pastor, but um, that's such a cool way to think. You know? Absolutely. I wish more pastors thought like, you know, I think, and I think there's a new generation like, 
church, younger church leaders should be thinking business ministry go together. Mm -hmm. they, like I've done both and the skills are, ex are identical. Mm -hmm. Everything I learned in 30 years of ministry, you know, I have always had some going on the side when, you know, through those years, but my 99% focus was building, you know, churches and every, every skill is the same skill. And, it, and I would argue it's actually the same, the same skills relate into the business world. It's actually easier to do the business thing, mm -hmm. but it's all the same school. So, mm -hmm. you know, whenever I get a chance, um, you know, we're going to be at the Theosu retreat here. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, even, um, next week in Salt Lake, it's like, when I get the chance to tell people, I don't, I don't like speak in those environments to talk about my, my business. Everyone knows what we do. Yep. Uh, it's like, Hey, church leader, you better start thinking like an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And, and because, you know, we just have to have an influx of wealth coming into the kingdom. Like we've mm -hmm. never seen before, which is honestly why we do this, this podcast. Mm -hmm. We're trying to inspire people to take the risk and start a company do a side hustle, whatever it is, give your money to good causes that are going to be kingdom focused. Um, you know, if we give to disaster relief, disaster relief, we'll do it through convoy of hope. Cause I know right. those guys, they're kingdom first. They, they utilize local churches on the ground. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to put the money to work in kingdom focused things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm on this kind of quest to, to, I want to create and encourage and inspire millions of dollars, millionaire. I want, I want more millionaires in the church, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so that, that's kind of what we, why we do this. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, okay. Let's, let's, uh, I want to skip topic two and go to topic three. Cause I think it, it kind of, mm -hmm. you know, kind of moves directly into, uh, yeah. this really smoothly. So uh, I saw this tweet from uh, a guy, entrepreneur, been around a long time, built and sold a bunch of companies, um, so he's not like a, you know, Twitter thread guy who just kind of spews a bunch right. of stuff. He's built some stuff. He's made a lot of money. And he said this, um, I want to get your thoughts on it. I think we're going to see many 25 million plus per year revenue, one person businesses over the next five years, no employees, just AI, no custom code, just type form, no fancy website, just web flow, no paid ads, just community, no venture capital, just bootstrapped. High cash flow, low stress, multiple streams of income, go on and on and on and on. Productized services Love and products sold. Um, you know, and, and then he says, why is this cool? He said, well, a side project can evolve into life-changing. The opportunity is global, not right. just you know, rich locals. And he said, not everyone wants to start a company and go IPO. Some enjoy a right. more solo experience. What do you think about right. that? Is that, totally I, this is, the, the reason I want to ask you is because this is the new thing everyone's talking about solopreneur yeah build and scale yeah. no employees and yeah. i think this looks really appealing to a lot of people my question is is how doable is it really right well the answer that to that is it's hard mm -hmm. right because if it's easy everyone will be doing it so mm -hmm. number one it's hard uh, i 100 percent agree that you know the tools that are coming online now you know and this ai stuff and you know, we, we, I've played around with chat GPT like everyone else has. And, um, but that we're just at the, uh, you're probably too young, but I remember logging into AOL, right. In 1996, mm -hmm. just arrived in the U S mm -hmm. and I logged into AOL. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was 26 years ago. Mm -hmm. And 
look, look where we are today. Mm-hmm. We have like chatbots where you ask a question to write you a blog about something. I said, mm-hmm. write a, write a blog about Christian generosity. And it's, it was so good. Mm-hmm. I sent it to our marketing guys, mm-hmm. um, which I think they use it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. We are at the AOL. You've got mail stage mm-hmm. of AI. That's mm-hmm. where we are today. Mm-hmm. So your children, my grandchildren are going to be living in a world where number one, the Christian response to stuff like this is to, is to pull, pull away. Cause it's not authentic. Like, Oh, an AI can't write a sermon. Like where's the Holy spirit. <laughs> uh, whereas I want to put AI into my sermon lead product, which is like, like funny. Oftentimes. Yes. Yeah, funny. Oftentimes the, those Holy spirit things he tells us don't always add up. Right. Be a lot, right? right. <laughs> That's a good way to. <laughs> um, I think the posture of this kind of thinking, 25 million in revenue, one person businesses like wrapped around technology, it, the basic kind of understanding of why you want to embrace technology is it increases productivity. Mm-hmm. Like, like not 10x, a million X, because it makes the, the, it makes the complicated simple. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you just can do more of everything. Mm-hmm. So yes, embrace the tech. God's going to give people ideas to start businesses and yeah. the, the world that, you know, people who aren't Christians are going to do it. And we need to be championing this stuff in, in the kingdom as much as we can, because mm-hmm. it gets back to my mind. How can a few investors, a few business people cough up 150 million? And I guarantee you they, they did it in an hour, right? right. Like someone came with this campaign idea and like, hey, like this is it. We need 150. Yep. That I, that network is a network of people mm-hmm. that you know. I'm not fully in the middle of it, but I'm around it. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you, it just would have like need 150. Who's in? And they would have got it in a day. Yep. Um, let's let's 10x that. Let's 100x that. Let's have pockets of Christian entrepreneurs that will back and do things that you know grow the kingdom of God here in the next 50, mm-hmm. 100 years. Mm-hmm. And and you know maybe we can you know, see revival come to our yeah. world, which mm-hmm. is the only answer for all, all the problems. Um, and so, yeah, I 100% believe in this. Well, it's 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 amazing that you say that. I was listening to, it is out today, which doesn't matter because you're listening to this a few weeks behind, but the Silly Graham podcast about um, the Asbury revival is right. out. And I was listening to it last night and they were talking about, I think it was the Welsh revival. Um, and, and one thing that Nathan and Chris were talking about that was so crazy about how it transformed that city was the, the guy, the blue collar workers who were getting saved, uh, were all miners. Yeah. All miners. They were broke. And the reason they were broke is because they were going to the pub every day. And so when they got saved and they stopped going to the pub, all of a sudden their families and their city started to flourish. Right. Because they stopped drinking, like like this, like tiny little thing that you think about and go, oh right. wait a minute, okay, so this kind of stuff has like really practical ramifications, right. and even just that little idea of like, oh wait a minute, like this movement of the spirit can actually turn very to, to, into a thing that practically helps and builds the the practical world that you're living in, simply yeah. because it changes the way you look at your finances. Like that's a crazy, that's like a crazy thing that people don't talk about. I'd never heard right. that before. Totally. You know, you know what else came out of that in that era was uh, Guinness beer. Did it really? Yeah. The, um, the Guinness guy want, developed Guinness because he wanted people to only drink one. 
because <laughs> it's so it's such a stout beer that's amazing so like, he, he was a very devout believer mm-hmm. and he's like the like that the miners you know okay the revival but, but he, he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna sell a beer that makes you like only want to have one. <laughs> oh, that's that's hilarious when i first got saved our senior pastor he was a you know he was a, a old hippie jesus movement guy that got saved radically uh he was obsessed with the welsh revival specifically yeah. the music and so that was like a lot of what was in our church. So for the first couple of years, I thought that like all Christian music was that like Welsh. Okay, like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was obsessed with it. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Okay. Um, okay. One more thing. And I didn't add this in our doc, but I had forgotten about it. And I meant to read it to you because I want to uh-huh. get your response. This kind of went viral uh, over the weekend on Twitter. Uh, Kevin O'Leary, a.k.a. Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, is he on Shark Tank? Is that kind of his? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So he tweeted, he tweeted this last week. You may lose your wife, you may lose your dog, your mother may hate you. None of those things matter. What matters is that you achieve success and become free, and then you can do whatever you like. So he <laughs> says that last week, uh, I think on Thursday maybe, just gets right. obliterated. The whole world jumped on him. He then goes on CNBC, I think a couple days ago, and and they mm-hmm. ask him about it again, and he doubles down. Like, right. no, that's that's exactly what I meant. It almost feels too easy to take a shot at this because, of oh, course, yeah. this is not what we believe. But of course, I actually don't think this is that far from what that's how some people thinks. think. Mm-hmm. No, it's exactly how they think. And we think the opposite. You know, yep. we've, our freedom is in Christ. Family's important. <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. not, we're not trying to kill our dogs. Um yeah, we're we're the opposite of that. So, but you know what? I love it. That's like that's the Sam Smith thing. Doing yes. dress up as the devil. It's yes. like this is how the world thinks. They yep. think getting money by basically destroying everything around you, that's good. I don't think yep. he means you do it on purpose. Like no. But in, in his mind, you know, he's putting his wealth he's first of all, he's putting success as wealth. Mm-hmm. And we don't think that. Mm-hmm. Um wealth is a byproduct. Yep. of doing stuff and then you do certain things with it. He buys watches and flies private planes. Fine. Yep. Um, I don't think God inherently has anything to, like bad to say about that. Right. But he's going to ask, you know, what are you giving? Like, what are mm-hmm. you doing for others? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, Kevin O'Leary may be doing something for others. We right. don't know. Right. He, like he says this kind of stuff. Maybe he's really charitable. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's like everything, the opposite of how we think. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think, yeah, I mean, he says the thing about being, becoming free, and I guess like my first thought was, "What does that even mean?" Well, that that was going to be my first thought, right? There's this whole thing, and I get people saying like, "I want freedom for my nine to five and and sure, like I can, I, I, whatever. I, I get that perspective, but the idea of like, let's think about a Christian entrepreneur who wants to become successful and or build wealth. <laughs> if we're if we're doing it from a Christian perspective, that doesn't mean we're more free; it means we're less free. Because like you just said, I want you want to use what you've built to continue to influence the kingdom of God, which doesn't mean we're trying to make money or be successful to have less responsibility. We almost want it to have more, right? Like that's kind of what it means to say, I want to build something um, to to further the kingdom, whether it's a business, whether it's a church, right? Like freedom is freedom is not necessarily something we should be seeking out as a a believer. What do you think? Yeah, like it's, the, the only place of true freedom is in Christ. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, you know, everything else is bondage. Right. And that's why the world's so messed up. They're looking mm-hmm. for freedom in all the wrong places through relationships, through sex, through, uh, 
you know, trying to get more money as the, the pursuit of happiness, that all leads to disappointment. And every study, every, history has shown us that when, when those things are your goals and those things alone, you, you die pretty unhappy mm-hmm. with money or without money. You're just an unhappy person. Mm-hmm. And so, cause you're living for yourself and in, in Christ, we're living for him and for others. So, mm-hmm. you know, like it doesn't surprise me when someone makes that comment and yep. it's, it's good for us to, I don't want to tear the guy down, you know, no. the guy's a smart guy, but it's like, no, we don't believe that. And that's right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good stuff. All right. Well, uh, Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Kings and Priests. This podcast, you actually can now go to, if you're listening to this Kings and priests.io. And, uh, that's where our podcast lives, our newsletter, sign up for the newsletter. We're going to start sending out, um, you know, semi-regular, uh, articles, thoughts, deeper dives into stuff we've been talking about. Um, but you can go and subscribe to the newsletter, subscribe to the podcast, YouTube, all that kind of stuff at kingsandpriest.io. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Dean, I'll see you in person next week. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'll see you then. Thanks everyone.